Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and this is the last regular episode of the Needless Things Podcast before we head into... Thirty-one days of Halloween. <laughs> but before we get to that, we got to talk about Star Trek Discovery. There are a lot of things to say about Star Trek Discovery. I'm, I'm sure you've heard from lots of different people, and they're all these like completely opposite end of the spectrum viewpoints. There, there aren't. There's not a lot of meh there. It's a lot of I hated it. Or a lot of I loved it, and it's just like all Star Trek. Okay, I don't, I don't want to get too uh, hyperbolic as far as people's positivity on the thing. Uh, I'll talk a little bit extra about how I responded to it in just a minute here. Uh, it's kind of not fair because what we did is we got the Needless Commentary crew together, uh, minus Ryan because he had rock and roll band practice. Uh, and he's got a lot of shows coming up in October, obviously. But we got uh, the rest of the crew together, and we watched the pilot for Discovery, which we thought was going to be a full pilot, and instead was half a pilot. And then we talked about it. We we recorded before we watched, and then we recorded after we watched. And uh, you are going to hear that entire session right here today on the Needless Things Podcast. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about Amazon. I want to address something that came up on Facebook. Uh, as you guys know, if you go to needlessthingssite.com and click on that big old Amazon box in the top right corner, if you buy your stuff through there, Needless Things gets a little bit of a kickback to help with the costs around here. Because it is not free for me to have the Needless Things website. It is not free for me to produce this podcast. It all costs money. And sure, supportphantom.com is great, but that is for a very small set of hardcore fans. Uh, the average Joe that doesn't want to sign up for something like Patreon, the best thing they can do is go to that Amazon block and buy stuff through there. It doesn't cost any extra, and we get a kickback. So I put that over all the time. I put Amazon over all the time because Amazon is... You know, let, let's let's be honest. Amazon is easy and cheap if you know how to use it. They don't always have the best price, but if you check, uh, very often they do. So, uh, you know, I use Amazon a lot. And I put up a link to something I'm very excited about. This is more in line with next month, but that's okay there's a now that's what i call halloween album coming out and if you're familiar with the now series there it's all pop music stuff uh they've done now that's what i call christmas before and those are typically fine but it's it's not generally my cup of tea but something that's now that's what i call halloween gets my attention and it's a pretty good track listing you can look it up it's fun and it just so happens that I came across it on Amazon. I think it was in my suggestions. 
And so I put a link to the Needless Things podcast Facebook group, which if you are not part of, you should go join right now. And I got a comment back from a, a dear friend of mine who works at a brick-and-mortar retail store that said, or you could go to your local store and keep your friends employed, something along those lines. And I appreciate that sentiment. And I, as you guys know, if you've been reading the Needless Things website, if you mostly listen to the podcast, this may not have come up too much, but I'm a big supporter of brick-and-mortar retail. I would rather not buy things online, but all too often the brick-and-mortar retail stores aren't getting stocked, uh, don't have the exact thing that I'm looking for, and don't make it easy to buy something when you do go in there. I, I But given the preference, if I could look online and see the exact same item I would pay a little bit more for it in a store. I would rather go to a store. Uh, but the comment also included the, the, the comment, uh, part of the comment was, Amazon is the devil. And that's kind of like a railroad worker way back in the olden days saying that highways were the devil. Uh, you know, I understand the difference it's going to make in your livelihood, but this is progress. This is technology. Online shopping isn't going anywhere. Brick and mortar retail, sadly, has not figured up, figured up, figured out how to stay relevant in the modern world. And Toys R Us is just one example of that. Toys R Us who filed for, uh, it's either, I think it's debt protection, which is a little different from bankruptcy, I believe. But, you know, anybody who's been shopping in Toys R Us for the past five years to a decade could tell you that they're not surprised at all by that because Toys R Us is terrible at keeping up their inventory. They don't get, I, I buy most of my toys from Target. Target will get new stuff in weeks before Toys R Us, let alone Amazon, which if you're lucky, uh, you can get stuff months before Toys R Us does. They have not done anything to keep themselves relevant and competitive, and I, I don't feel badly for them. It makes me very sad that they're in danger as a company because they've been around for such a long time. When I was a child, when we first moved to Atlanta, one of my fondest memories is going to a Toys R Us opening, which unfortunately that location closed down years ago. But we went to one of those Toys R Us openings. They did the big parade. And there was a guy in a Darth Vader costume. And this was a good Darth Vader costume. Uh, Mr. T was there. Uh, I'll, I'll tell the whole story sometime on the show, but but that's not for today. But I love Toys R Us, and I don't want Toys R Us to go out of business. But you you don't keep throwing money at something that's not trying to help itself. That's my feeling. So to to respond to that comment here, as opposed to getting into a big thumb-typing conversation on Facebook, which I hate doing. For those of you that interact a lot on Facebook, you know, great for you guys. I I don't I hate typing conversations. I just do. I'm not going to sit, you know, if you've ever noticed my minimal interaction on there, uh, I'm not going to start an argument on Facebook. I'm not going to have a big long conversation on Facebook because one, I don't have time to sit there doing that. 
And two, it's just annoying to me to have to type my thoughts in that way. Uh, I don't like it. And also, I find that it's too easy for things to be misinterpreted or taken the wrong way when it's all a block of text as opposed to a conversation. So if you ever want to have a conversation with me, I'm up for it. Let me know. We'll get on Skype. We'll chat. And if it's good, we'll turn it into a podcast. But don't ever try and start some shit with me on Facebook or, or whatever because I just don't do it. I don't like it. So uh, for for my dear friend, I support local business as much as I possibly can. But you're you're basically old man yelling at cloud uh, when you say that Amazon is the devil, and and also Walmart is way more the devil than Amazon is. Walmart has done more to crush uh, small independent business and and the local economies than anyone else uh, with their garbage buying practices. There, there, I could go on and on. I've I've ranted about Walmart enough. I'm sure everybody's heard enough of it. So it is time now that I've covered that. Oh, and by the way, uh, please do go to needlessthingsite.com, click on the big old Amazon box, and buy your stuff there unless you can get it locally. Oh, that's the other point I was going to make about Amazon is local business doesn't kick back to needless things. They don't have a sponsorship program where I can promote them and get a little cut of the money. That doesn't happen. And uh, they also don't have a program when I go to Amazon, I go to smile.amazon.com. If you sign up for that, you can choose from hundreds of different charities, and every single purchase you make will donate to that charity of your choice. It doesn't cost anything extra. Once again, it's just money. It's it's something that Amazon's doing. So every purchase I make on Amazon, the Wounded Warrior Project gets money from that. So that's another thing that, you know, Amazon's not the devil. They, they may not, uh, their success may have hurt brick and mortar, but brick and mortar has done very little to uh, combat it and stay relevant. Anyway, moving on to Star Trek Discovery. Uh, very quickly, I want to add in some extra thoughts that I did not get in, and I realize it's not entirely fair that I get to do this and everybody else that's on this episode did not. But guess what? It's my show. I'm the host. I was a little harsh on Discovery, and having had some time to think about it, I've realized that I am very much holding CBS's shitty business practice of demanding people sign up for CBS All Access to see Discovery. I'm holding that against the show, which is not fair to the show. Uh, fuck CBS, but Star Trek Discovery itself got a little more harshness from me than it deserved. And I was doubly angry because we only got half a pilot. Uh, the second half was on CBS All Access, which I am absolutely not signing up for. So we, I, they didn't even hook us, which we talk about that in the episode. But I just want to put it out there that in all honesty, the 40-whatever, 37, 42 minutes, it seemed like less than that because of the numerous commercial breaks, uh, which is unsurprising. Uh, what I saw wasn't great, uh, but at the very end, it got pretty darn interesting, and I wanted to see the rest, but not enough to pay what CBS All Access is going to cost. Uh, I'll Once the season is done, I'll probably sign up and binge it and then cancel it. Um, but I certainly wasn't going to sign up on the spot just for one episode. 
to, to sit here and watch it weekly. I think CBS has a lot to learn about streaming services. Uh, I hope they do learn it. And I also hope that once this season of Discovery wraps, pretty soon thereafter it's available in some other format. Uh, because I, I do want to see it. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said uh, I was totally uninterested, which which I might have at the time. But like I said, I was I was pissed because we didn't even get a full episode of a show. It didn't feel like uh, so. I, I was pretty disgusted, and and I still am. But I've had time to think about it. And now you can sit down and listen to everybody else's reactions. Well, but like I said, we recorded before it, so you get to hear our expectations. And then uh, we'll take a brief pause, maybe a musical interlude, and then you will hear everybody's reactions. So I hope you guys enjoy it, uh, and I would love to hear your thoughts on Star Trek Discovery. You can either join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group, send us a message there, shoot me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. Uh, just don't engage me on, on Facebook directly, because I won't talk to you. I'm just kidding. I'll talk to you. But, like, a sentence or two, you guys. I can't do this paragraph-long word wars that people... How the fuck do people have the time for that? How do you have time to get into these arguments on Facebook that are, like, a hundred comments long? It's insanity. It's insanity. All right. Now it's time to boldly go where uh, probably most of the media uh, in intaking world has gone at this point. Uh, but there you go. Star Trek Discovery. Enjoy. So uh, before we actually watch Star Trek Discovery, I wanted to sit down and we, we don't have to get into the whole how you found Star Trek thing because I don't want to I just don't want to use up that much time, but I do want to go around and everybody tell us your Star Trek like your favorite series or version of Star Trek and what you hope for out of Discovery and what you think of what we've heard about Discovery thus far, and we will start with. Mr. Gary Mitchell, welcome back to the Phantom Zone. Always a pleasure to be here. I love being in this nerd hub. Too much, yeah. some might say. No, no, no. <laughs> there, there's, there's still room on the wall. I, I, I don't, I don't want to hang there? out with them. <laughs> yeah, there's a spotter. Yeah, there's a spare bear I'm, I'm dealing with that very issue you right could, now. You could fit a couple four by sixes here and there. Yeah, I th- I'm just going to put a wall up here. All the way across. And more straight, twice as much space. (laughs) Uh, My Star Trek is uh, original series. Um, That's what I started with. That's what I love. That's what I always go back to when I think of Star Trek. I think Kirk Spock McCoy. Um, As for Discovery, from everything I've seen, I've tried to do the don't see too much so that I get spoiled. Mm. And that I just hate when you see everything before it actually comes out. But from what I've seen, you know, I've seen complaints, but I think it looks good. I think that the characters look interesting. I'm interested to see how Sarek plays into all this. Uh, but I'm hopeful. And as uh, Peter David said on a different Star Trek panel I watched, all that I ask is that it doesn't suck. Wow, that's a low bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. If you go in with that feeling, I think you're going to be happy. 
Uh, let's go to the other side of the room now to our pal Arian. How are you doing? Hey What's guys. your Star Trek, and what do you uh, think of this so far? So my Star Trek is the Next Generation. That's my favorite. Uh, I was introduced to the OG Star Trek on you know Superstation Channel sixty nine reruns syndication back in the day. Uh, and the and the, uh, the movies. I think I saw Wrath of. Con- now we saw Search for Spock in the theater. Yeah, when I was a, a wee tyke. Uh, I purposely don't know a lot about Discovery. I don't really know any plot points. I saw the teaser trailer, and I know that some people are upset that Star Trek is inclusive all of a sudden, which yeah. makes perfect sense. I want to address oh, yeah. that really quickly because I have seen a lot of talk online. A lot of outrage, mm-hmm. imagine that, about people who are upset about the diversity of Discovery. A lot. Every every message board I go to, every website I go to that has a comment section, there are people talking about the people who are upset about the diversity in Discovery. I have yet to actually see anybody that's upset about the diversity in Discovery. I, I have yet to see a single comment of somebody saying... I, I, this angers me that Star Trek has and, women like, and people of color in it. Like I, I, I've not probably, seen it. It's probably just obnoxious trolls on Twitter and Reddit, but they are out there. They exist, uh, and and they are they, they are inflaming people exactly as much as they want because the response sure. to the one or two people and, that and might like, say such a thing. Here's here's the deal. I honestly don't care if people troll any other series. (laughs) Star Trek is special to me because Star Trek has always been about, let me just say, Star Trek should be aspirational and optimistic. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that at any other, like, you know me, I'm (laughs) I'm the most miserable person I know. It's, and I'm fine with that. It, but and, and I and I don't want that sort of optimism and aspirational view of the future. In like the rest of it can be Mad Max, but not Star Trek. Right. Like it should be about a better future and exploring, pushing pushing boundaries, both literal exploring and pushing boundaries, like whether it's having a African American female. Starfleet officer in sure. the original series, whether it's then like in the next generation, you have the, like they flipped some of the script in the original Star Trek, and you took your traditional enemy and you made a Klingon uh, Starfleet officer, and then in Deep Space Nine, the commander is an African American male. So like, it's they've done this, and like, yes, Janeway was the worst, but she was a female captain. Like, there, there's a tradition of this in Star Trek as a as, as a property, and like, even if you're just doing it to be obnoxious and to make me angry, you're succeeding, and I want you to stop. Just fucking go troll Star Wars. Le- be yeah. Be yeah. be upset that like there's a black main character in Star Wars now. Like, be upset that Ray's a woman. Leave me my Star Trek alone. That's all I'm asking. I can appreciate that. Leave, and, For and the I think, love of God. I, I think you might have hit on why why 
something that I've, I've not even seen existence of has gotten such a big reaction because I, I guess the trolls have kind of figured out like, oh, this is one that's a hot button because yeah. Star Trek is supposed to be uh, pushing social boundaries, pushing it, it's it's all of it's everyone's hopes for man. It would be nice if things were like yeah. this one day. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to you know wizards with laser swords. Which is something yeah. that which you know, like, it's a little I, and easier I love to Star take Wars today. It's fun great, but like Star Trek, if if you made me pick only one could exist, I'd pick Star Trek. Like every day of the week and twice on Sunday, I love it that much, and like it's special to me. And please don't fuck with it. So personally, for you with Discovery, I would like to see. So, like I, I did not like, like the three most recent movies that have been made, like. There's half of a good movie in there, and it's the last one. And it's because they started to get the tone right, where it should be about the sense of optimism and exploration. Like, And I understand the first one was always going to be about introducing everybody, so you get like a pass with that one. But the second one was... You can make an argument that it's a great sci-fi movie, but it's hot garbage as a Star Trek movie. Like, it angered me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Uh, it should just yeah. I don't even want to go into it. We won't go into it. Uh, the third one had a lot of promise, and I liked it a whole lot. And like, it's just it's a it's upsetting that they it took them that long to get it right to start to get it right. And I hope that it doesn't take Discovery that long to start to get what I feel is this the formula of what makes a good Star Trek. A good Star Trek. Have you seen the Orville yet? I have not. Uh, I am familiar with the premise and the thing, like the things that make me like Star Trek. I don't think are there in the Orville, and I may like it on its own merits. But from what I can tell, like the aspiration and optimism, it's just dudes in space, right? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, the third episode in particular deals with uh, gender issues okay. in a way that blew my mind. Okay. Uh, well, then I will... I think you will be... Uh, if if you can deal with the amount of... And it's not Seth MacFarlane humor. It's not over-the-top ridiculous... Just, just humor in general? It's, it's Yeah, it's like, it's like Next Generation, but if everybody just talked like regular people. But the writing is... Very strong, and I'm not one of those people that's going to say, "Well, the Orville is all we need. We don't need another Star Trek," because that's not true. Because the Orville's yeah, not Star right. Trek. It loves Star Trek, right? But it's not Star Trek. I want Discovery to be our new Star Trek, and I think the most important thing about Discovery is that it is a TV show, yeah. And that Star Trek at its best is that episodic. Yeah, it, it's we have to stick with the crew for long enough. The the movies, uh, it, it, the the new movies don't give us enough of that crew for it to feel like Star Trek to me. But we got to move on because we got to yes. keep this thing going. Mike Gordon, howdy. Uh, what is your personal Star Trek and what do you want out of Discovery? Uh, or expect? Or I, I grew up with the uh, original series uh, in syndication, although technically it was on uh, the last year, or the, the, its last year was the first year of my birth, so... Um, so there is an overlap there, but I can't remember any, watching any of those episodes back then. Um, but I did see it in syndication, grew up with it, fell in love with it. It is, m- and has been 
more than anything else in my life, the most important, like, geek show, story, TV, whatever, story, whatever, the characters. Um, it, it, it's always been there for me. Uh, it was difficult for me to embrace Next Generation when it came out, but I did so. Uh, <coughs> certainly by the third season I was on board because it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, love me some Deep Space Nine. After that, I've been disappointed pretty much ever since uh, with anything with the Star Trek label on it. Um, they, I, I think this it's turned into a, a franchise that's run by a corporation rather than a visionary, and that's a big problem with it. Um, and I, 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 as far as Discovery goes, I am optim- I try to be optimistic, but to be honest with you, everything that I've seen and read so far, which is not a lot, has made me very angry. Um, so I, 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 I don't know what to expect with this experience of viewing it, but um, I'm so upset that there's diversity. No, just kidding. That's not... <laughs> well played, sir. Uh, really, it's not all white dudes. <laughs> um, I just, you know, it, it just... More and more they're getting away from what Gene's original vision was and more and more I find that with the world the way it is today we need some show to be optimistic to, to be a reminder of what we're capable of rather than you know what we're, the day to day life looks like it's going to be um, and, and it would be so nice if Star Trek were to come in and say I'm going to give that to you like I did back in the 60's and like I did for a while in the 80s, but it looks like nobody really is I- interested in telling that and giving us that vision. And that's unfortunate. So, you know, we'll see what Discovery brings. I, I like the title of it because the title seems like it's optimistic in terms of what we're, what it's going to be about. But everything I read and everything I've seen said it's really not going to be about that. What do you think of the time frame? I think the time frame of putting it as a prequel series is absolutely a shitty move. I do think that it's like it doesn't make any sense to me. Star Trek should always be about moving forward. Um, I don't understand why they can't go a hundred years and, and tell stories in in the future because you know they keep going back further and further. That they're just going to tell stories in the present time. Like, right. I, what's the next Star Trek series? Eugenics Wars. Like, it's yeah. going to be in the past. <laughs> it's going to be the Eugenics Wars of 1996. <laughs> I think it's that they're trying to get back to what they know works, which is the original series. Which, no, do your own thing. But I understand that's part of the reason Fuller left, is this each season was supposed to be a different era. And now they're saying that the, the Paramounts want to stay in the same era, which is why he left. I don't. I, I, I don't know why he left. I don't know all the history behind that. I just, like I said, I know what I've seen, and so far, you know, everything that I've seen doesn't. It doesn't give me. Now it says Star Trek. It's got the theme on it, but it, I don't feel like it's Star Trek when I watch it. I don't no. feel like, oh my, that's that's my Star Trek, you know. And since you brought it up, the Orville almost pisses me off because it seems like it's Star Trek, but it's not, and it's like. What you're doing is even worse because you're pla- you're you're acting like painting like this is Star Trek. Look, I'm using the same shots. I'm using the same uh, film like language. Uh, it's it, the same music even, but it's not. <laughs> I'm like 
You're being star teased. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's Seth MacFarlane's fan fantasy, is what it is. But see, I, for that, and, and as I said, I don't, I don't want that to be my Star Trek, and it's not my Star Trek. But it's very satisfying to me for what it is. Uh, and I think as the show goes on, we're going to discover that there's a lot more depth to it than one would expect from Seth MacFarlane. I doubt it. He's a crappy actor. He can't hold the show together, and Fox is not going to give it that amount of time to breathe. So it's just really a waste of breath. It's just it's basically it's basically giving Seth MacFarlane a budget to do his his fan films, and then that's it. Well, have Who's you have you seen all three episodes? I have seen all three episodes. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have seen all three episodes, and everybody who says that the third one is this really intense story that brings back next generation, I, I think they're just they're looking through rose-colored glasses because it's not. I, I love it when Dave is always amazed when someone doesn't like something. <laughs> <laughs> I I, 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 I am amazed that he dislikes it to the degree that he does, having seen all three of them. Okay. It it really makes me, you know, as a creator, it makes me angry. I mean, it really does. It's like, like, look, if, if somebody bought Tiki Zombie, right, and then started making... This is what Paramount's doing. They, like someone, if, if Disney bought Tiki Zombie and allowed me still to do my thing, but then also created another show called Tiki Zombie, like Zombie Hunter, and it took place on the island, the same island, Mugabali, but it involved like some weird, let's say, disc jockey that's on the island, right? That his sole mission was to like hunt vampires and all that kind of thing, and it was a dark, grim show, and everybody loved it. Well, that's great, but it's not Tiki Zombie, right? And just because it has the moniker doesn't mean it's Tiki Zombie. It's not my Tiki Zombie. I'll bring it back. I gotta go buy Tiki Zombie Zombie Hunter. Dog. See, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I think, uh, I, you know, I think it's, I think that's what's going on here, and it just, um, it, it makes me really conflicted. Interesting. And and yes, I, I find it very difficult not to get like really angry because Star Trek means so much to me. That um, I hate to see it being abused. I th- I would understand and agree more with your point of view if this if it was actually a Star Trek show. But everything in our culture is so derivative of something that I just can't find any fault with that. Are you talking about the Orville now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, look, Seth made it pretty clear. Like, this is my version of Star Trek. Right. I mean, he's using the same language. No one else has done that. No one else has done Star Trek to the degree, except for maybe Galaxy Quest. But And that's the thing. And that's being compared to that, too. (coughs) Well, I don't don't agree with it being compared to Galaxy Quest. I think that's... That that is... uh, An attempt to make it something familiar when when it really isn't. But... Uh, you know wh- why? Why shouldn't people be inspired by Star Trek to do their own? Because look, Paramount and CBS and whoever aren't giving us the. You know, I may be entertained by the current movies, but they're not the Star Trek that I want. Uh, not even the third one. Uh, why shouldn't people take that uh, medium and do their own thing with it? And if it works and you like it, great. And if it doesn't, if it's not for you, oh well. There comes a time when if you're using that much of somebody else's material as a crutch to tell your story, 
that it really doesn't speak highly of you. Like, you know, second, this is not, you watch the Orville and you don't think this is, uh, like, this is coming from Seth MacFarlane. You think, oh, Seth MacFarlane's doing his version of Star Trek. You can see that. I mean, with every single shot. What if it was a straight up parody? Well, then that would be a little different, but I almost feel like that might be why they're getting around. I think they would, like, legally. If Paramount came knocking on their door or CBS, I bet you they would go, it's a parody. Look, how many jokes are in here? <laughs> so we can count this as a parody, so don't, so back off, don't sue us. Well, that's a whole other conversation we probably <laughs> had, uh, should have had on a whole other episode. Uh, we will move back across the room now. We cannot continue calling you Sean's girlfriend. <laughs> you can call me Monica. Oh, did we'll, we will call you Monica. Monica. It's uh, my moniker. Well, Mo, nice. Oh. Uh, now you've been on before. You were uh, here for the last needless commentary, and I, I apologize for that. <laughs> we, we will not hey, discuss that not any further. Food. You don't need to apologize. For oh, that's true. You're right. <laughs> yeah. uh, should never me. stop apologizing. What is what is your favorite flavor of? Star Trek, and what are your expectations for Discovery at this point? I'm I'm OG Star Trek. Um, although I do spend way too much time wrestling with the eternal burning question: Who would win a fight, Picard or Kirk? That's a tough one. There's I, no answer to that. No. There, there isn't. Um, I know nothing of the new one. I'm completely afraid. <laughs> <laughs> because because the first and Next Generation was. Was a close second. That's that's my childhood. Yeah. There's there's something um, perfect and idyllic about it, and I don't want that wrecked. Yeah. So I'm hopeful. Well, the way I look at like remake or reboot type stuff is it can't ever take the original away from you, unless it's George Lucas in the theatrical cuts <laughs> of Star Wars, in which case they will take them away from you. <laughs> take a lot away. <laughs> but. Um, you know, we'll we'll still always have the original series and Next Generation and and whatever you know we we may personally enjoy, regardless of what Discovery ends up being. Uh, and and finally, Red Ranger. Now, hey. surprising absolutely no one. You haven't ever <laughs> seen any Star Trek. No, I've seen some. I've seen a few. The, of the one in space. The one in space. <laughs> the one with the power load, right? Uh, Star Trek goes to space. <laughs> which, which, to be honest, to be honest, Star Trek goes to space is not a hundred percent the the norm. That's true. That's true. They spend an They're awful lot of time on planets that look an awful lot um, like Earth. I had a Trekkie roommate in college. Uh, <laughs> That made me not want to watch Star Trek. Mm, I can understand that. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I, I can get that. My my Ninja Turtle collection meant, and my Power Ranger collection. Now, did you meant, have the Star Trek Ninja Turtles? I did not. <sighs> no, but so in college I had my Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles, and so this guy moved in, and he was like, oh, you have toys, and then I come back to the dorm one day, and like... Is it this? The Yes, more or less. <laughs> I've, got, uh, I've got all my, for the listeners, yeah. I've got all my Playmates... Uh, it, next generation out. It was that and bad Scotty impressions on the answering Ooh. machine. Oh, and um, I was just embarrassed by that. Sure. Uh, so sure. I would change it, um, and it wasn't my answering machine, but I was an asshole. So, uh, uh, but that's what I saw. Some of the, I saw some of the movies. I don't remember which ones. Next generation movies. I think all of them were. Um, Ooh. I don't think I've seen yeah, any of them. Ouch. That, that did not translate well. <laughs> um, I saw the the first new one that J.J. J. Abrams did. I, I liked it well enough, but I didn't have 
that close of a connection right, to, to right. know what he was getting wrong. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, Lens Lair, don't, don't fuck up Star Wars. So do you know anything about Discovery? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have... No, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Squirrel, <coughs> the guy from Harry Potter's in it. That's... I didn't. I didn't yeah. Know. yeah, the guy. Yeah, the guy. He's an extra mouth boy. Yeah. Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Doug yeah. Jones is in it too, right? Yes. I mean, yes. The alien that can sense death. Which? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Come on. The Grim Reaper alien. So I don't know. So uh, to to wrap up our introduction here, prior to actually watching Discovery, I'll say it's always tough for me to say what what my favorite Star Trek is. Uh, Next Generation is where I got truly invested as Star Trek as a television show, but I saw a lot of the original cast motion pictures in the theater with my mom, so that's really where I learned the language of Star Trek. So those, uh, I would say from Wrath of Khan to Undiscovered Country, those movies are, when I think of Star Trek, I think of those first, because that's what I experienced first, and that's that's what I loved watching, and I've, I've watched those movies countless times. Uh, but then Next Generation came on uh, 30 years ago, actually. Yeah. And, yeah, it's weird to think of it as 1987, isn't it? It doesn't seem like it was... Yeah, like, I'm old. Right? Yeah. Right. It was like two, two three years ago, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Next Generation came on, and I, I fell in love with that cast. I fell in love with that ship. My gosh, that Enterprise. Yeah. To this day, to me, that's that's the Enterprise. Because... Only because I didn't grow up looking at the original series Enterprise, uh, and I, I look at it now and just I, I see it for what it is, and I still love it. I love the design. I think it's fun to look at. But uh, that, that Next Generation bridge is just phenomenal. I absolutely love all all the wood grain. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I love original series too. It's it's as a matter of fact, if I'm going to just revisit one, like if I'm just popping Netflix on for a little while. I'm probably going to put on original series because, in all honesty, those are the most fun to watch. Like those, those are the fun, action-packed, colorful, crazy aliens you're seeing for the first time. Like I, I just enjoy that one, so it's, it's hard for me to pick. Uh, but as far as Discovery goes, uh, we you know we talked about this on an earlier episode when the first trailer dropped. Uh, nothing about it says Star Trek to me. Uh, I, I don't care for any of the look. Of it, it's all dark. It's all dramatic. Uh, it's very, very CW looking, uh, and I feel like for them to have set it ten years prior to the original series, but have it look like Abrams movies, it, it's it's very confusing. If they would have avoided a lot of problems, if they just just done what Mike said and made it a hundred years in the future, or a hundred hundred years, a hundred years after Next Generation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they could have avoided. So many little quibbles. Because why, why go into something knowing you're giving people problems? Like, yeah. why not create a scenario where, like, okay, here's a list of issues people could potentially have with Star Trek. But if we set it here and create this scenario, well, then then that argument's gone. We wipe that off the table. And then, now, granted, they're still going to find problems to have, but, you know, we can handle some of it. So, you know, I'm... I'm excited to sit here and watch it with you guys. I'm happy that we're all going to sit here and, and form our opinions and discuss it afterwards, and, and that's what I'm excited about. I'm honestly not that excited about sitting here and watching it, it itself because I I expect to not like it. I hope to like it. I hope it's great. I hope I'm totally wrong about everything that I think about it, 
and, and that it's it is refreshing and optimistic and hopeful and and, and brings back the magic of discovery and exploration. Uh, but I, as of right now, I don't think any of that's going to happen. So we we are twenty six minutes away from the debut of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, real quick before we start. Because uh, I want to do this now, and I, I want to do it again after uh, we've watched it. Who feels like they have any chance in hell of subscribing to the CB- CBS service if this is just amazing? Uh, Gary. I was hoping you were going to ask that. Is there any chance uh, as of now? As of now, yes. I will pay money for Star Trek. Okay. Uh, ask me when it's over. Uh, yes, but my we plan will, right now is I am planning up. on subscribing. Mike? Oh, you're so right now, if it's good, you you will. Yeah. My, okay. my plan I haven't done it yet, but my plan is sure, to sure. subscribe. Oh yeah. I, I, no, I wouldn't expect anybody to have done it. Nobody's done it yet. Uh, <laughs> right now they have five <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what about you? Uh, right now I am not planning to subscribe. Yeah, regardless of how good it is, I, I cannot see me subscribing to that service. Uh, <laughs> Red Ranger? <laughs> I wish you could see his face. <laughs> There's literally nothing on CBS that I would watch, except for maybe this, if it's really good, and right. I'm definitely not going to pay. Because like, you know at some point it'll be accessible. It'll show up on Netflix. Right. Like, they'll, they'll work on a deal with you. The CBS well, if drives you're, me nuts. if you're in a different country, it's going to show up on Netflix anyway. Yeah. Uh, There's Monica Moniker? <laughs> He's in charge of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Be your own woman. Strike it on your own. And finally, Arian, is there an any chance you will add another streaming service? It would literally have to be my favorite Star Trek ever, and I'm in no reasonable like reality do I see that happening like I'm open like it's it's like in it's like in Dumb and Dumber where Lloyd's like so you're telling me there's a chance <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> like, yeah there's a chance it's just not gonna happen <coughs> yeah alright so with that uh, for those of us sitting in this room we are 21 minutes away from the premiere of Star Trek Discovery for those of you listening uh, it is. It happened several days ago, and you just have to keep listening, and we'll go straight into our post-show thoughts is after now this. Get my twenty-minute dissertation on Power Rangers the movie. No, oh, damn it! <laughs> now is when we hear the squeaky chair noise, and I make sure the recording worked. Beyond the rim of the starlight, Wandering in star flight. I know he'll find in star clustered reaches. Love, sweet love, a star woman teaches. I know his journey is never. His star track will go on forever. So we just watched what CBS considered to be a, a satisfactory amount of pilot for Star Trek Discovery. 
and we are going to discuss it. Forty-two minutes of actual show. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's about right. And forty-two minutes of show, ten minutes of story. Yeah, I'm forced to agree. Uh, for I, I took some notes here, but what I want to do before we get to the notes, uh, I want to get to initial reaction. Let's start with Arian. What is your initial gut reaction to what we just saw? I did not enjoy it. It was uh, it. It feels to me like. <coughs> This is altogether a cynical ploy uh, from just all of it. Like, we'll launch our CBS streaming service with this uh, a new chapter and a property that uh, we know has like a cult-like following. We know... A slavish cult-like yeah, following. We know people will, will inspire people to subscribe, and but at the same time, instead of giving, staying true to like what the hardcore fans of that really want, we'll give you the Federation Klingon War story that I guess fanfic writers have always wanted to write. I don't know. It like I'm not. I'm not interested in the story they're trying to tell. Gary? It had moments. It was gorgeous, but overall, that was not a strong pilot. It, it definitely, I have to agree with Adrian there that it's felt very much a here's what we think you want to see, Star Trek fans. Um. But at the same time, I do kind of see want to see where it goes from here. But what really annoys me, I guess we should, I, maybe I should wait till we get further in. But it, the main character, I, I liked her, and now I hate her. Okay, Michael Commander Commander Burnham. Michael Burnham, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, Monica. <coughs> it was generic, pieced together sci-fi. It wasn't Star Trek. Yeah. It, it was a it was a little bit of. This movie, it was a little bit of this series, it was a whole bunch of uh, dramatic music, dramatic moments, shit blowing up, but it wasn't Star Trek. There was no soul to it. It was just Flash. And Red Ranger is somebody who's not a fan of Star Trek and doesn't have a history with it purely as just a, here's a science fiction event show. How do you feel about it? Meh. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was really weak. I mean, if it was, I feel like it relied heavily on Star Trek fans knowing Star Trek things. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing about the Klingons in this that made me go, "Oh, they're the bad guys." Other than they just are seem mean. Like I, nothing <laughs> about it. There was no imminent threat there, and the tension that they were trying to build didn't get built. Mm-hmm. And if this was just any other science fiction show, I'd be like, I'll never need to watch that again. That's that's fair, I think. Uh, for my part, uh, there were little things that I liked, but they were few and far between. Overall, uh, you know, I don't know that I'd be compelled to leave this on my DVR, let alone subscribe to a service specifically... <laughs> For this show, 
and, and we'll get into more depth as to the issues and, and the minor triumphs that it had. But uh, finally, I want to stop. Uh, Mike, I saved you for last, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> I was uh, I was nervous uh, before seeing this, and in, in almost a, a violent fashion, I am eerily calm now because it's much worse than I ever thought possible. <laughs> it, it exceeds my expectations on on how bad it is. Um, really, I, I I I feared that it was going to be bad, but what we just saw was much worse than I could have imagined. It was not even the Game of Thrones in outer space that I was afraid it was going to be. Because at least that would have been interesting. It wouldn't have been Star Trek, but it would have been interesting. But this wasn't even interesting to me. Uh, they, They gave us perhaps five to ten minutes of plot stretched out across 42 minutes of of episode and Star Trek has always been strong, like at its strength, at its peak. It's 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 about characters and it's about story. Mm-hmm. And and to no matter what else you do with Star Trek, if you don't do that right, you're not doing the franchise justice. Do you think it's a problem with the the writers not doing Star Trek right, or do you think that's a problem with modern TV? Because it's a very modern TV kind of show and feel to me. Well, sure, but I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean... That's true, but if you're doing Star Trek, then you need to adhere to uh, the the legacy of it. You know, yeah. you can't you can't just put together something and just hope that, you know, just slap the Star Trek label on and say, yeah, it's great. You know, you have to rise above because of the legacy. But, you have to do the legacy justice. But, Mike, there are roughly 50,000 Star Trek labels on it because the uniforms... <laughs> yes, I know. Are, ...are comprised of little tiny... Uh, what's it <laughs> oh, my God. The Delta. Is, yeah. Delta, yeah. 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 It's like super... Not to mention the massively huge one that they created on the planet. <laughs> what, which, which is a great, great segue to get into really talking about this thing because that the opening... With uh, who I I quite liked Michelle Yeoh's character. Mm-hmm. I, I liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that I. that's that, like one of one of the few things I enjoyed. Yeah, it's one of the things they got right. And, but apparently, she is not going to be ongoing in the series. Uh, she whatever. Yeah, she got a hand. I'm right. guessing at some point. There will be a ship called Discovery. Yeah, you're right, exactly, and that's <laughs> and the she, thing is we move on right. from the Shinzo. Right, uh, and and it was even uh, and and for those listening to this, there will be spoilers for this episode. Although, <laughs> can't imagine why you would listen. Well, no, I do know why you'd listen to this without watching it because maybe you don't want to waste an hour of your life, or you need Sean to make your life better by laughing at him. Yeah, <laughs> well. No, Sean's Sean's going to have nothing but good stuff for us on this one because exactly. I'm thrilled that we have a non-Star Trek perspective. No, I'm saying listening to Sean always makes me um, laugh. So we open up with uh, Michael and Michelle Yeoh's. What was her? What was her name? Captain Lady. Captain Michelle Yeoh on the planet, <laughs> and and they they walk out a, a gigantic. Uh, it's not Delta. There's another word for the Star Trek symbol, and I can't think what it is right now. But anyway. They trace this out in the desert. That was corny as shit. Yeah. That was a terrible, terrible way. They're and, on planet Mad Max. And to me, that symbol was symbolic of what 
the people running this show think they can get away with. Especially since it was followed by the opening credits, which showed us so much like iconic Star Trek things right. to be like in your face. It's like, a phaser. This is a Star Trek show. Look, here's a phaser. Here's a communicator. Here's a starship. Oh, here's the theme. And they have well, and that's the thing is they, the the, yeah. oh. the opening segment reminded me so much of Game of Thrones. The music was very Game of Thronesy. And then all of a sudden it was like, remix, here's the Star Trek theme. Woo! Yeah. And, and also, let me throw out some, some deep Star Trek nerdity. That, sh- that symbol was only for the Enterprise until the movies hit. Because right. remember, all the other Starfleet vessels had a different logo. Yeah, and I didn't even know that until recently. Um, in, so they're throwing that out there. watching the like, original series. There's a lot of inconsistency. Like, if you want to, like, yeah. I mean, uh, Trek nerds are going to have a field day with the inconsistencies between what is in just this 42 minutes and what comes right. later. Right. How much worse is it going to get? Because uh, there's a yeah, there's a lot of things that are just yeah. Like Although that's why that's why you really you really don't do anybody any favors by making prequel series. You right. really don't because especially not in the Star Trek universe where people like give a shit so much. About, exactly. About like, well, that possibly can't happen because of this. Uh, Arian, what did you think of Michael? Uh I think like who was it that liked her at first? Somebody in here is like I, I liked her at first. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I think I'm in the same boat as Gary. I like the actress just fine. Uh, the character I liked up until she got back from her exploration to the uh, the artifact the ship. and uh, started acting insane. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Klingons are going to kill everybody! See, we have me, to kill them now! I, uh, and, and, <coughs> and this is kind of a thing that happens with a lot of TV shows is as the actors are feeling out their characters, it takes them some time to get into that dialogue, to get into the character. Uh, I thought her delivery was terrible, even considering the fact that she's supposed to be acting like a Vulcan and having yeah. that sort of straightforward delivery. Like, I just didn't think she did a great job with that. But I had the opposite reaction to you guys once she started acting wacky is when I started liking her because I found that to be interesting whereas nothing else in the show really was interesting to me because I, I didn't when she's having the conversation with Captain Michelle Yeoh in the ready room I was sitting there thinking she's not going to use the, the nerve pinch and oh, yeah. her out is no, she, she no no she I, we could, I could see that I, well, I could see it coming too but I thought surely that's not what's getting ready to no, happen no no because don't yeah, remember the headlines, of this, that. the headlines of this show were <coughs> this this crew we're going to break the rule this crew's not going to these crew's not going to get along they're going to like fight oh see I, I I don't know that I saw it quite <coughs> to that extent yeah, but I, I didn't but like like I said I purposely didn't know as much. I wanted to just right, try to right, be as blind right. as possible. But my, but then my problem with that, she left the ready room, and I was like, "Well, there's no way anybody on the bridge, having seen what's been going on, is going to take an order from her." Right. And to the show's credit, they kind of nipped that in the bud pretty quick. Like yeah. everybody was like, "Well, you're a little crazy." I don't know. And before there was really an opportunity for the crew to act like complete morons, Captain Michelle Yeoh walks out with a phaser, like, "Hey, crazy person, this is done now." 
I have to say, it was really nice to see her come out with the phaser out and be an intelligent character. Yeah, right. Yeah. The the one thing <coughs> I, the the main thing I really don't like about uh, Michael's character is that she is an adoptive daughter of Sarek. And I'm like, will this show, will Star Trek please stop using Spock as the end-all, be-all of everything Star Trek? It's not about Spock, it's about Sarek, and he's, he's, he's got... No, no, it's Spock's adoptive sister. But it's it's you Sarek. Don't think at some point, that's Sarek is all about having secret siblings for Spock all <laughs> over the place. We're gonna find ten more of them before this series is done. Because it's like the Life of Fight Club. He's out there setting up franchises. Yes, because that's <laughs> that's what that's what they're basically saying. It's it is not sense. You're right, and it, it's. It's crazy. Like, yeah. oh, we can't make a movie without referring to Spock, the original Spock. Look, I love Leonard. I do, you know, and I but, miss him. But that was terrible. Yeah, and it's it's. I think it's terrible to his legacy that they keep thinking that they need to make something related to Spock. You, you, know, can, have, you can have a Vulcan character in the show that yes. just, it's not related to Spock. Absolutely. And you should... Let's let's talk about another good thing about the show. Uh, the production were, values. This, great. Yeah, the production oh, values man, were fantastic. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It looks incredible, and I guess I mean, and, which is just more mind mind numbing to like. How, how are you trying to set this as a prequel when it looks this good? Well, okay, <laughs> I let's, can always let's let address that. Slide, that. Let's address that. Um, aesthetically, this show looks like that whole hundred years past next generation w- would have been a much better idea. However, if for if they have a really good reason for making it happen ten years prior to the original series, which they don't, but <laughs> if they do, I'm okay with the tech difference. Look, I don't want shit to look ten years older than the original series sets. Like, I get it. We, I, I that's something my brain can move past and deal with for a quality show. Unfortunately. It does not look like this is going to be a quality show, but like I can deal with the tech thing. I, I'm okay with. I it. also think they're using too many visual stylistic cues from the movie. I agree. The last three hundred percent. We so we had lens flares. Yeah, we had yes. shaky cam. We, we had moving cam. We had. You couldn't really get a sense of what the bridge, like the bridge. On a starship is supposed to be supposed to make you feel like home. It's supposed mm. to be something really cool that you can look at and go, "That's I know where everybody is, and I I, I know what everybody's you know role is, and I, I feel comfortable here." And yet, they I didn't get a sense of that bridge at all. It, why I not, could not tell you the layout of that bridge. Why mm. not open with a tracking shot around the bridge? Each person at their station. Like and they kind of they kind of did a big wipe across it, but like you know, give us a, a move. Well, they hardly hey, spend, we're what we're looking at this thing any in time space. on the bridge at all. Yeah, it, well, as far as showing us, yeah. you know, the the details of yeah, it. Apparently, the, um, the 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 captain's chair is in the middle of a big open space on the bridge, and there are stations around it. And that's the only thing I could tell you based on the way they shot it. It looked like the shield helicarrier, but less cool. Yeah, and the designs of the you know as impressive as they might have looked, the designs of the Klingon ships are awful. Like yeah. they should like uh, yeah. that is a design that has it should just, it should look bird of preyish. It could uh, that could that's bird that's, of prey or D seven either one. The bird of preys are the Romulans, and they do explain that the Klingons acquired the birds of prey from the Romulans. 
which is why they look like they call yeah, because somebody well, sat on one of the models. But the, but the D7s, they always looked industrial. They looked like heavy uh, military vessels. Yeah. They had a long neck with the head. Yeah, and these just don't. They look like bullshit from any video game. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's the thing. It's like you should you should want to buy that toy. No, and there's nothing there. I feel like I, I could tape together some. I don't, like the, I don't like the aesthetic of the Klingons at all. I, right. I don't like the way there's they There's nothing good there. I don't like... Yeah. I'm okay with them, but you're right. They're not... They don't, they don't go... They're nothing that makes me go, ooh. I don't think it's a great improvement, but I don't have a problem with them. I don't want toys of anything that I saw in this 42 minutes of, of science fiction television. Why I don't know. The desert ones could fit in with your Mad Max figures. Why, why I don't we, have any Mad Max figures. Well, then there you go. While we're watching it, someone mentioned that this this con- now this could be just a sect, a house, if you will, sure. of Klingons that look different than <coughs> the norm, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But yet these, in, you know, I, I this is the first time I've ever seen. There was a like someone I think mentioned that they look Egyptian. That there was yeah. an Egyptian. They look, yeah, they remind Egyptian. me a lot. Like if this at various times felt like. It was Stargate or Dune. Yeah, see that that doesn't really. I didn't really care for that. Like the, the Klingons have their own kind of culturistic cues that you can use rather than to steal well, something. Well, well to me, it felt like all right. Here is what Klingons looked like in the original series and Next Generation in the motion pictures. Like we have all of this rich Klingon history where they have looked different. Let's not use. Any of that? Yeah, <laughs> I will say it's it's yeah. I didn't. I don't know where these Klingons came from, but they need to go back. Yeah, but I will say visually they're off. But dialogue wise, they were talking. They mentioned the Black Fleet. They talk. They they mentioned the whole. They, they do the whole screaming when they do the body up. They I touch like that. on a I lot like of. That. They touch on a lot of the Klingon culture. Yes, it's just the whole look is wrong. Uh. This one, uh, I'll aim this at Monica. Doug Jones, alien creature, <coughs> whose species was bioengineered to sense death. Uh, I actually liked him. The space cow. How'd you feel about that guy? <coughs> he seemed to me to be that little attempt at a humorous character, almost, um, where it was obvious that he was a coward. Um, to me, one of the things that I loved about the original Star Trek was there was a sense of humor about the whole thing. Mm. Um, mm. They didn't always take themselves so Shatner seriously. Right. Um, so he was he was amusing, and he looked kind of cool. <laughs> that, that's it. See, I, I I enjoyed him. I I, I, I liked. It's hard not to like Doug Jones. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, but, uh, you know, no matter what you're asking him to do, he always performs. And and I thought the the I, I'm obviously <coughs> it's a combination of makeup and CGI, but I thought it looked great. I thought yeah. it was very effective. No, no, he looked cool. No, he he looked cool, and I like I see what they were going for with his character. It's just that like by the time he had to do his thing. Where he was like making his appeal, like I wasn't invested in any of what was going on, so it fell flat. Yeah, I agree. Like, if that conflict was presented far too late, and I kind of liked him and and Michael not getting along necessarily. It felt very Spock McCoy. 
but it but at the same time they didn't invest heavily enough in anything that they did for for me to care. Uh, Less time on sweeping vistas and more time on character would have been nice. Uh, yes, yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. I personally, I liked the uniforms. Yeah, uh, they're all right. I'm not. I'm not. I don't hate but, them, but I don't love. They were a nice step up from Enterprise. They was still kind of jumpsuity, but <laughs> yeah, headed towards. I will give you that. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it definitely was a bridge between, you know, between Enterprise. Were there? And were there, next, uh, there did seem to be series. slight. Color yeah, they had gold, <laughs> silver, and bronze. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is you know. Yeah, I still want need a, someone to explain why the hell they have that little split though on the Delta shield. Uh, aside from it's cool. Uh, we talked about Michelle Yeoh. I, I think she was one of the stronger parts of the show. She was. looks incredible. Yes, because it's Michelle freaking Yeoh. Uh, let's see here. Oh, who was the admiral? Who was that actor? Oh, he reminded me of what's his name from the Dead Zone. Hologram role. Yeah, he reminded me of Anthony Michael Hall, <laughs> but it wasn't yes. him. Head of research, yeah. right? He really did right. look like Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Well, but head of research. Was, who is it? He's been in other things. He also kind of reminded me of uh, if you watch Better Call Saul. Oh yeah. Uh, the the attorney, the the guy that runs the other company. He reminded me of him as well. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Gary, I think you're the one that brought up Sarek when uh, Michael's character is talking to Sarek, <laughs> and Sarek goes and sits on the table yes. in Michael's room. Yes, in Michael's but room. But he's a hologram. Huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> is that table where he's at? We don't know if that was actually Sarek. Uh, it's Sarek. No, no. What if it says? What if it's her? What if it's like, like, like Jorel? What if it's yeah? What if it's a program that she's got in right. quarters? Well, the, she the, said open the communication frequency. Right. Yada, and then yada, she yada. had to like voice authenticate because it required diplomatic. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. And, and I have to say, I'm not sure how I feel about going yeah, from Star Trek view screens <laughs> to having holograms that walk around. I'm really not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, that was that was uh, kind of wonky. Yeah, that's like that's Star what Trek. I'm saying. Like that stuff like that takes me out of where they're trying to set this in the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's yeah. Well, much like Dave, I don't have a problem with updating special effects for modern day. I don't, you know, if I want to see ori- it with the original series special effects, I'll watch Star Trek Continues on YouTube. So I don't mind the update, but there's a certain point where it's like, don't go too far. Well, I think you can clean everything up and make it palatable for modern audiences without defying right. the idea of what was possible in the original series. And they didn't do that. They just said, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they really did. Uh, much like Enterprise did beforehand. Before. Well, and see, I don't have enough experience with Enterprise. You're good, though. Because no. I couldn't get past the theme song ever. That's fine. Um, that's, uh, I watched, that's, you know like, what? the first season and a half, and, like, couldn't. I, I, when, it, when it comes to Enterprise, I'm like, Gary, the third season is the best, but if you never see an episode, you're good. So let's uh, let's go around and everybody bring up sort of one point that occurred to you as we were watching this, uh, Gary. What what's what's something that sort of stood out to you, whether it was good or bad, uh, that you just want to mention before we wrap up? It's hard to say. It's all kind of one big blur. The thing, <laughs> I, 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 seriously. I mean, it all one kind of ran together. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know. 
I I really like Doug Jones. I really I like the captain. I'm sorry, Michelle Yeoh is probably not going to be in it any longer, but man. Oh, Arian. Uh, sorry, I'm having a Star Trek action figure breakdance battle over here. That's I'm Gotta sure say, much more interesting than what we just watched. Breaker up is uh, Picard's hype man. Nice. Uh, oh, Terry Serpico was so the the admiral. Not wow. it was not, like the production values were incredible. Uh, they spent a lot of money on it. Again, it seemed like a very cynical exercise to me overall. Very calculated. Boy, it's it's not what I like about Star Trek, and I probably won't watch any more of it. So. Mike? Yeah, it, it's it's not what I want out of Star Trek. I don't think it's what we need out of Star Trek. You look it, like Mike Tyson just punched you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it really it feels... It looks like Mike Tyson punched his, his baby. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, it feels that way. I mean, it really feels... It's, it's disappointing. Because, you know, look, when Seth MacFarlane treats Star Trek better than you, you know, Star Trek treats Star Trek, oh, no. that, that says a lot, you know, maybe, maybe, this is the guy who didn't like maybe the CBS and, and Seth should have gotten together and compared <coughs> their efforts, you know, uh, because, I, you know, I don't see, I don't, the things that attract me to Star Trek, good story, good characters, hopeful vision of the future, uh, they're not here. They're not here. And yeah. that's that's really disconcerting. Monica? My absolute favorite part, um, Otis came up to me and I started rubbing on his ears and he licked my chin. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the best part? It for, was. For that's good. Otis is the, uh, the official uh, canine yes. mascot of, of the Phantom Player. Yeah, it's not my pet name. She doesn't call me Otis. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Otis? <laughs> if, if CBS Access could promise a lick on the chin, maybe we'd all subscribe. <laughs> we all got an Otis of our very Instead, own. all they're promising is a punch on the chin. <laughs> a punch in the gut. Uh, Red Ranger, what are your... What are your thoughts? Well, you pretty much summed it up with your meh. Yeah, well, I feel like they were copying all kinds of sci-fi shows except Star Trek. That's <laughs> <laughs> a fair, fair and apt criticism, honestly. Yeah. Which yeah. coming from you, I'm surprised. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well no, no, that's, you, Sean. No, it Sorry. totally makes sense, though, because if if that hadn't been the case, Sean would have been like, "Man, there's." There's a lot of stuff in this I don't recognize or don't yeah. understand. Right. Instead, yeah. he's like, I've seen all of this before, right. but I've never seen Star Trek. Right, this all makes sense. I've seen all these movies. I think that's what really frustrates me, is this would have been a great opening 15 minutes of a good Star Trek episode. And they dragged it out for 45 minutes. Especially the whole, you know, I'm going to start a war with the Klingons because they killed my family thing. I, uh, it's a Vulcan hello. Oh, duh. I've never been able to forgive them for the death of my boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing is they basically took that that Kirkness and, and applied it to to Michael. I didn't understand that. They said they haven't seen the, the Klingons in what a hundred years. 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 And yet she, her parents were. Atta- How old is she? 
It's very old. Clearly, you know, 200. Very Clearly, old. being adopted by the Vulcans means you have a Vulcan lifespan. Uh, yeah, because I'm like, well, they attacked her people, right? They attacked her parents. Yeah, it's it's all over the place. Oh, we didn't that. see them. Oh, okay, Technicam. Right. Yeah, that is that is a little confusing. Yeah. I I would say we should watch Not it again to figure that out, but I don't care. I don't. <laughs> Especially this whole the Klingons are an empire. No, there's 24 scattered houses. No, they're nail. It's like I what are they? I. Uh, I, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reciting lines. From no, you're you're six. bringing to mind fond memories from <laughs> from one of my favorite uh, of the franchise. Yeah, the Battle of Ketamar is uh, yep. one of my favorite. Undiscovered Country is fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, I pay good money if he shut up. So <laughs> so to wrap this thing up, uh, wow. I I, I do want to say this though. We, I, I want to acknowledge the fact that. Many great television shows have had rocky first seasons, let alone first episodes. Yeah. However, with I, the gamble that CBS is taking, that this initial gonna pilot is going to drive their streaming service, yeah. this is one of the worst episodes of television they could have offered. Because yeah, like, they didn't give us a... This, this should have concluded with a resolution... But a hook for the premise of the season. Yeah. Instead, it felt that, like half a story. It's tonally all wrong, like which is the most important part. Like thematically, the tone of like what it, people like ab- about Star Trek is not there for me. Like it, that's the most important part. I, I am open to like a year from now, six months from now, like after the first season's been done hearing oh it really got better and it really seems like Star Trek but I just I don't see from what they showed us and like the bit of like the, the coming ad, this season right like it, it just looks like it's going to be all about a Federation Klingon war and I'm not interested in that I'm interested in exploring strange and new worlds yeah and yeah Absolutely. Imagine that. Not what seems to be happening here. So the fact that when they were showing that clip coming this season, we were all like, "That's it." You're right. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's it, it, was, it, it looked like they didn't move from that one area <coughs> of space at all. It's just like, what are they discovering? That the Klingons will jack your shit up. <laughs> all right. Well, we watched it. We talked about it. So uh, now it question. is. Time to move on to any any final comments on this thing. Uh, if not, that's completely fine. We will wrap this thing up because I've got to go upstairs and take a discovery right now. <laughs> um, I suppose the big question is: Is anyone going to sign up? Oh no, no, no. Are you? Maybe. <laughs> oh, Gary, no, no. you sweet I don't, I didn't mean this. No, I mean I'm serious. Before I was a hell yes, and now I'm a maybe. Yeah, I might right, wait till right. the I might wait till the season's over. Binge watch it over. Yeah, a yeah. It, but you know, I was. See what the responses. Yeah, I was fully intended to to sign up, watch it every week, hang out because it's star. Sure, wow, sure. Track. So, not, so not only did it not win any of us over, but it like loosened the, right, the, the, right. the belief of the guy. The one, the one certainty. Guy, the one guy was like, yeah. I'm doing it. Now he's like, mm, 
I'm not sure. Yeah, Justice sent me a text. Have you signed up for CBS All Access yet? And I went, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure. Well, there you go. Um, let's go around uh, real quick. Uh, Gary, what are you up to? Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me online on the Twitter as at Gary underscore Mitchell, Mitchell with one L. I have to, uh, this time for sure, say yes, Star Trek fans, it's my real name. Uh, you can find me doing uh, Dragon Con, American Sci-Fi Classics, and you can find me on the Facebook where I post a lot of stuff. Mike Gordon, where are you online? Uh, you can find me uh, on every week on the Earth Station One podcast where I talk much more hopefully and optimistic about <laughs> stuff that I love. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was not the case today. But, uh, yeah, for anybody listening, that if for some reason this is the yeah, first like, time my, you've Mike heard Mike Mike is not Gordon, normally me. No, Mike, <laughs> Mike is usually the bright, shining hope that, like, when I don't like something, Mike's the one that's like, well, I, I like it for this reason and this reason. And I'm like, okay, I can see that point of view. Yeah, I've, I've this this program tonight, actually, I have very little hope that I will ever see my Star Trek again. I feel like I'm watching Superman I, I'm, I'm 3 live and in person. And, I'm almost, <coughs> and it's weird. I'm really almost comfortable with that. It's like, it's like losing a loved one. It's like, now I can move past and move I, on. That's how I was with Doctor Who over the past couple of years. Because I finally just gave up. And, I, and it almost felt good. I feel like um, we need to start a, a new Twitter handle, Cynical Mike Gordon. No. no, <coughs> Red Ranger. TheRedRanger.com uh, on Instagram at TheRedRanger. Uh, new episodes of Red Ranger try to broadcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to Halloween Horror Nights this weekend. We'll record more down there. Okay. So mm-hmm. you're going. To, you're doing. You're going to a Star Wars thing too, aren't you? Not till December. Well, still, you should put it over. Um, well, yeah, going to Star Wars Galactic Nights. Nice. Yeah. That's a terrible name, by the way. It's a really bad name. Monica Moniker, can we expect a Twitter handle from you soon? No, I'm going back to Canada. Fair enough. Get away. Oh my gosh, we have abused the <laughs> shit out of well, you. Well, first so far. you sub- we subject you first you subject her to the Power Rangers movie. Right. Now this, I feel terrible. <laughs> I promise. We need to get her. She does for love. I promise. Otis. The, well, so there is Otis. There is. We Otis. need to give her That's an true. apologetic poutine. Something. <laughs> yeah. All right, and finally, Arian, go into any bar. <laughs> Find the bartender. Look him dead in the eye or her. In all seriousness, just say, I'm looking for a fireman. Within 45 minutes, I'll be there. That's it. That's how you find me. That was fucking weird. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you haven't yet watched Star Trek Discovery, don't. don't. (laughs) First, I have to credit Tenacious D for their incredible rendition of the Star Trek theme song with words as they were written by Gene Roddenberry but never performed with the actual show. And I would also like to credit whoever recorded that and put it up online back in the days of of LimeWire or FrostWire or whatever the heck it was I was using uh, that probably killed one of my computers quite badly and probably leaked all of my sensitive content to who knows where but yeah that was tenacious d right in the middle there i'm sure you can find video of that at this point but back when i downloaded it uh, i don't even know if youtube was around when i first downloaded that that particular performance of that song i'm not sure but uh, anyway thought that was a fun thing to throw in the middle of some some despair 
because I think we all were just feeling despair for one reason or another during that whole discovery thing. And, and I would encourage you, despite what we ended with, uh, you know, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. If you're willing to pay for CBS's streaming service, do it and let me know if the whole thing ends up being good. I think there's something there. Uh, I would like to see more of it, but I'm not going to pay what CBS wants me to pay to do so. All right, you guys. Next Friday, it's time for 31 Days of Halloween on the Needless Things podcast and at NeedlessThingsSite.com. We've got lots of cool, spooky stuff planned for you. We have a very special Needless commentary coming up, as well as... A big spooky plan that I'm not going to reveal because it has not happened yet. And I'm not 100% sure that it will. So uh, stay tuned. Regardless of whether the big spooky plan happens, other spooky things will be going on all month long. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course... It's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.